Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Today on the show, we're going to take a look ahead past the Red River as the Sooners absolutely dominated the Texas Longhorns last week in an incredible performance, one for the ages. We're going to talk a little bit about the guarantees that I feel like this team brings to the table each time they take the field. We're also going to talk about some questions I have moving forward about how much better the Oklahoma Sooners can get this year. Also, we're going to make a side-by-side comparison from a guy that I played with at Oklahoma State in the early 2000s and Ethan Downs, current starting defensive end for the Oklahoma Sooners. Real quick, I want to say a big thank you to our incredible sponsors, MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, and the Oklahoma Ford Dealers. Remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford full lineup of trucks and SUV. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. All right, let's get into it. Once again, this is In the Trenches. I'm Sam Mays, former Oklahoma State All-American. I've done uh, sports talk radio for 20 years here in uh, Oklahoma City and Tulsa and surrounding areas, surrounding cities. A big thank you to you guys for joining us. If you like this podcast, please, please, please like, subscribe, comment. You find it informative or entertaining, whatever it is that wants to bring you back. Let me know. We really appreciate it. And make sure you check out my colleagues at selloutcrowd.com. It's awesome content. It's 24 hours a day. I feel like there's something new popping up. Jacqueline and Michael, these guys do such a great job producing this stuff for you guys. So uh, make sure you check out everyone's content on the sellcrowd.com. All right, let's get into it. The Red River Shootout, absolutely incredible. I feel like my heartbeat didn't stop for racing for 48 hours. I was just paced around my house thinking about what an amazing game that was and really trying to get a grasp on how good the Oklahoma Sooners could get to be this year, right? And so when you look ahead at the rest of the schedule, you see some some uh, names that pop up that we aren't used to seeing in Big 12 play. It's the BYUs, it is the uh, the UCFs, that's the next game for Oklahoma, or, that we're not quite used to seeing those brands, or do we, we don't necessarily know what to expect out of those teams, um, who's, how's they, how are they going to show up, what's the atmosphere going to be like in BYU, so there's some things that are upcoming that are going to be a little bit different, but I don't think necessarily anything that's going to rattle this team. Here's some guarantees that I feel like we're getting out of the Oklahoma Sooners right now. One, there's a real no bullshit mentality, right? These dudes show up to do one thing and that's bust heads, period. And you absolutely have to love that going into each and every game. I don't know how many games that I covered under Lincoln Riley where this team would show up and it would be, well, are they going to take him serious? Is this going to be a game where they you know, look at Houston or look at West Point and, you know, thumb their nose and and act like they're better than them and then find themselves in a four-quarter game that they shouldn't be in that they lose or a four-quarter game like they against West Point that by the grace of God, they found a way to win. This team doesn't have it in them. They don't know how to take games, to take the field like that. And I think it's a direct reflection of the leadership from the sideline and on the field. I had an incredible opportunity to talk to Dylan Gabriel today what an incredible leader, what an incredible young man, and he's talking about family. He's talking about cohesiveness with his team. These guys, they've gelled, right? They mean something to each other. I'm hearing there might be a total of five, six guys that head home for the bye week this week because they want to be together. They're going to hang out. They're going to watch football together. They're going to eat together, barbecue, whatever's going to be, but they're going to celebrate a good start to the season and look towards the remainder of the season and maybe get a little homework in, watch a little film for UCF. I love that, right? By weeks at Oklahoma State, 
every single person on the team that could find a way to get home or somebody else's house. We were gone, man. I mean, come Friday morning, the team was scarce and we were someplace else doing something else. The fact that this team wants to be together, wants to stay together, wants to work together, wants to play together, all the things, it just lets you know how close they are and lets you, it helps me understand why they take the field with such passion and grit every single, every single time they get out there. The other thing that you got to admit is they're extremely well prepared. The game plans have been on point, period. I think there was a, a grace period in the first three games of the season as they were trying to figure out what that right balance was going to be offensively and defensively. Levy trying to figure out how to be the best sidekick to a defense that most likely is the best unit on the field. And I think there were some times where fans started to question whether Jeff Levy was doing a good job or not. But I think you go back to the Red River and you watch this team in the Cotton Bowl and you realize, oh, no, he's got it, right? He's figured it out. Like, he's out there throwing darts in that game as far as the play calling is concerned. And he kept a very talented uh, Texas defense at bay for four quarters. It was an exceptional job by him. And at times did they get a little bogged down, but it wasn't necessarily because of play calling. It was, you know, Texas is a good football team, and sometimes they're going to get you off the field, and it is what it is. But the Oklahoma defense, once again, being the best unit in the field, found a way to keep their heads up, to stay motivated, to not get tired, and to keep pushing, and they found a way to win the game. It was awesome. So I, I feel like they're prepared for each and every game. I feel like the halftime adjustments have been great. It's not even a guarantee in college football that halftime adjustments are going to be easy, right? That's a hard thing to do. you got 20 minutes to go in there and show a bunch of kids that you've worked on a game plan for over a week, hey, this didn't work, right? Now we've got to change it, and now we've got to mold it. Now we've got to do something different. Here's what it looks like. You throw it up on the whiteboard, and you just cross your fingers and hope that everybody's digested that. You hope that everybody's understood it. And you take the field and hope they execute in the second half. Well, Oklahoma's doing those things, right? It's a guarantee, I feel like, that they're going to leave halftime with some knowledge that's going to empower them to be better in the second half of games. That's a huge deal. Physicality is a guarantee. This team wants to hit you. They want to block you. They want to punch you. They want to turn you over. They want to make you feel miserable for four quarters on both sides of the ball. That is the at the base level of any good football team, it is physicality and toughness. And I think this team offers that each and every time they take the field. And the last thing is a guarantee for me is discipline, right? They're not out there getting stupid penalties. They don't have a string of penalties together that make you scratch your head like, what are you thinking? I think they're fully engaged, fully committed. Guys are barely making mistakes. We saw better Oklahoma offensive lines over the last five years be constantly making mistakes. It's false starts and it's personal fouls and it's you know, this list of things that's doing damage to the to the offense, damage to the team, this team is not doing those things. So I think that is something that any coach would like to say about their team is that they play disciplined football, and I think the Sooners are doing that for sure. The one thing, the question I have moving forward, and it will be the thing that decides whether Oklahoma is truly a semifinal contender, truly a national championship contender, it all falls into the lap of Bill Biedenboe and the Oklahoma offensive line. I thought that the performance they had on Saturday was inspirational. Dealing with injuries, freshmen coming off the bench in this game, playing their tails off, finding a way to win, even in the last play of the game, watching the left tackle go out there and and block two players at once was mind-blowing, right? The performance they had was hopefully one that will help catapult them into another tier as far as their offensive line play is concerned. It just takes time these days, more time than it did 20 years ago, to truly develop an offensive line, to truly get a group of kids 
molded and meshed and playing their very best football. So to me, what happens in the next six weeks, as far as the Oklahoma offensive line is concerned, is the dip is will make the be the difference in this is a damn good Big 12 team that's going to play for a Big 12 championship, or this is a Big 12 team that's going to win a Big 12 championship and get themselves into a semifinal game with a real shot at moving into a national championship opportunity. And if I was Brent Venables and the rest of that team, would that be that would be the unit that I would want to be counting on, right? I think I think Beedenbo is one of the best offensive lines coaches in the country. He does an exceptional job. Those kids respond to him. I think that what they've done to their bodies here in the offseason has been fantastic. Being Schmitty built is a real difference maker in comparison to some of the years uh, prior to this one. I mean, I think that is a safe place for the Sooners to be if you are counting on Bill Beatonbone and that group to continue to grow. So, so far, so good for Oklahoma, right? You have done an incredible job so far this season. I think this team continues to grow, continues to get better. And I'm not necessarily seeing any red flags out there. And I, honestly, if you want to talk about it, I think they left a little meat on the bone against Texas, right? The Longhorn faithful out there, you know, running their mouths, talking about Texas didn't play their best game and Oklahoma played the game of their life. And I'm like, man, Oklahoma played really well. Uh, but the reality is Oklahoma was just tougher. They were more physical. They wanted it more than Texas. Oklahoma wasn't perfect, and they know it. I promise you in film breakdown, they had plenty to talk about on the uh, on Sunday after that game because it was not a perfect performance by the Oklahoma Sooners. So I'm excited to see what happens next with this group for sure. Uh, I'm pretty blown away by what they've been able to accomplish this year in comparison to what they were a year ago. I would have never told you that the improvement would be as drastic as it is this season. So good for them. All right, one more thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna compare and contrast. How can I say this? I'm going to. So I played football at Oklahoma State with Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams was the 13th overall pick in the NFL draft. I want to say in 2002. We're gonna take a look at Kevin's rise to the 13th pick and compare it to what Ethan Downs did. This last weekend, I want you to stay with me here because I mentioned this in our uh, prep meeting, our our creators meeting the other day, and Barry Trammell literally laughed in my face, and I I was taken back and frankly irate, like it really pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. And then I got home and I'm thinking about why that was funny to him that I would want to make this comparison, and then it really just dawned on me, right? There's a difference between guys like Barry and guys like me, Barry never felt it. He doesn't understand it on this level, right? He doesn't understand what it is to truly flip a switch or to truly work on a trade from the time that you are six and seven and eight years old to the time you are 21 and 22, looking towards the NFL draft and the things that happen to you, right? So I'm going to explain this to you. You hear the term flip a switch. To me, there's four switches. One, God's gifts. Right. You want to be a great division one football player. I'm just telling you right now, you got to have some God's gifts. I'm six foot five. I weigh 330 pounds when I was a player. I've got a 28 inch inseam. Wrap your, your mind around that. Like my legs are short. So when I squat down to get in a stance, my leverage is unbelievable because my legs are so short, but my arms are extremely long. Why? Well, I get to keep defenders off of my body. I've got a huge reach, which allows me to be a better pass protector, allows me to run block better. My body built for the sport. 
Second one, right? And th- these are in any really order outside of number one is always got to have some of God's gifts. If you want to be a first round pick. Okay. The next three are motivation, physical development, and knowledge. Those are the four switches that have got to be flipped to get yourself playing on the verge of reckless so fast, so hard, so long that you are just teetering on doing too much. That's where where greatness lies, right there on the edge. You want to push yourself to the brink of tipping over, of leaping into the void, right? That's where you want to be. And when you look at Kevin Williams, 2002, this guy was a good football player to start the season, right? He was good, right? I blocked him in, in practice. He helped me prepare for a Big 12 that was second to none as far as the talent along the defensive lines. He was a good player. Something happened the week in Nebraska. One of these switches that Kevin did not have flipped because he had God's gifts. He had the physical development. His body was incredible. 6'5", you know, 295 pounds, could bench the world, squat the world. He was incredible. He had those two. He had the knowledge, I thought. The question is now, does he have the motivation? And I, something happened to him that made him almost unblockable for the remainder of the season. If you were think back or remember, if you're old like I am, you remember Kevin Williams took Nebraska by storm. He was unbelievable, constantly in the backfield, tackles for losses, sacks, the whole nine yards. He was the only story leaving that game as we beat Nebraska for the first time in 50 years. And, I, and I'm sitting here thinking about this comparison and trying to figure out I wonder what that switch was for Kevin, but when he flipped it, he never turned it off because he went from, oh, that's a good football player that might get drafted to the 13th overall pick. Now, am I saying I think Ethan Downs is going to be a number, a first round draft pick? Absolutely not, right? If I had to bet on it, I would think probably not. But what I am saying is Ethan Downs against Texas had all four switches flipped. You saw him play on the brink of falling off the ledge recklessly, right? But under control, but as reckless as he could be. It allowed him to be violent for four quarters. He was in the backfield for four quarters, tackles for loss, sacks, all the, he drew the attention of the offense. I promise you in scouting reports for the remainder of the season, Ethan Downs' name will pop up. And so I'm here to tell you that Ethan Downs started the year as a good football player. I thought Ethan Downs looked like a great football player against Texas. And I'm very, very curious to know what the rest of the season holds for him. It wouldn't surprise me to see me to see him rise on a lot of draft boards here in the next couple of weeks. So I hope Ethan can keep all four of those switches flipped. That's going to do it for us in the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Big thank you to Jacqueline for producing the show tonight. If you like the show, please like and subscribe. Uh, make sure you uh Uh, Check out my colleagues' content on selloutcrowd.com. And once again, follow me on all the social medias at All American Maze. Thanks, guys.